I wish somebody just let a little crazy praise loose tonight for just a moment here. Come on, I know the car broke down. I know everything's breaking in the house. You don't know how you're going to do it, but go ahead. Somebody go ahead. Somebody go ahead. You don't know like I know. I said you don't know like I know. I said you don't know like I know. Oh, when I think about what he's done for me. When I think about what he's brought me from. My, 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 my. Some of you look all pretty tonight and you've got your Pentecostal clothes on. Somebody ought to let a bobby pin loose tonight and give him the kind of praise that he deserves in this place. Oh, hallelujah. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be worried about our clothes and our shoes. We're going to be worshiping the Lord day and night, night and day. In the presence, in the presence, in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. And as you're turning there, as I make it accustomed to do, when pastor is not here, I'd like to take a moment and tell you, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, that we have one of the finest pastors in all of Pentecost. And that's all right. Now, I didn't say that for, for applause for him. He's not even here. But I will say, uh, you might say, well, he's, he's your father, and that's true. But can I tell you that familiarity often breeds disrespect. And so sometimes when it comes from a son, it really means more than anything. Because uh, I grew up and I know his heart. And I can tell you that our pastor is a man of integrity, a godly man who lives what he preaches and lives what he teaches daily, not just on weekends. And that's a wonderful thing. Amen. I love my pastor, I'm submitted to him, and I love my bishop very much as well, and his wife, and I'm submitted to him, and bishop, we love you very much, and I appreciate you, and I never take it for granted that, that I'm a young minister, although to teenagers I'm old, and the elders I'm young, so I'm kind of in a strange in between place, but I am thankful to be here, thankful every time that I have the privilege to preach the Word of God. I remember growing up feeling a call. I ran from the call to preach for many years, and I was always startled to see young men who really desired to be a preacher because I know the cost of anointing. Did you know that anointing costs something? And so I I ran from the call. And uh, I remember there was a particular 
preacher whose church we visited often in Bible college and helped their church, and he had a habit, if a young man had made it publicly known that he had a call to preach, without warning, he would just let him know right before service, I'd like you to preach tonight. And if they didn't have a word on their heart, he would say, well, they're not called because if they weren't ready because they had been studying the word for themselves. I don't want somebody preaching to me who hasn't studied the word for themselves. If you only study to deliver something to others and not to feed yourself, you're in trouble. Amen. And so I never take the preaching of the word lightly. Galatians 5 and verse number 16 and I felt this strongly this afternoon. I, I struggled with it. I wanted to preach something on the lighter side, but the Lord laid this on my heart. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit... You're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. I'm preaching tonight from this subject, the forsaken fruit. The forsaken fruit. Put your Bible down. Lift up your hands. Let's ask the Lord to touch us. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you, Jesus. We need your help. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Be with us, O Lord. Be with us, O Lord, in these moments that we have. Thank you for meeting us here already. In Jesus' name. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. Now, I have to admit that I don't care for fruit much. I just don't like it. I never have. I wish that it wasn't the fruit of the Spirit, but the chocolate of the Spirit. I could preach about that. I could, uh, I could have a lot of messages about the assorted chocolate of the Spirit. Praise God. Some of you feel the anointing right where you are. But fruit is very healthy, as I've been reminded many times in my life. It's healthy, and you should eat it. I grew up hearing the expression, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. And I would feel guilty because the only way that I really like apples is when it's baked with caramel and in an apple pie. Praise the Lord. Uh, I like strawberries, but only when they're either dipped in chocolate or sprinkled with sugar and on top of angel food cake. Uh, that's, that's about the extent of how I enjoy fruit. But as I've gotten older, that's, that's changed a little. I've grown to enjoy fruit more, or at least 
At the very least, if I can't say that I enjoy it, I appreciate it for what it is and what it does for me. And I've learned to develop a healthy appreciation for fruits and vegetables. All the elders said amen. But God designed fruit for a very specific purpose. And fruit is used illustratively in the Bible because of its unique qualities. Fruit serves a purpose that really no other food serves. In fact, it's in a food group all of its own. God made fruit for a reason. It has very high antioxidant qualities. Those antioxidant qualities are designed to fight battles for your body. God made fruit that way. God made your body that way. And I've noticed that when you go into a grocery store, they, they usually put the fruit section right next to the bakery section. And you have to pass all of those fresh donuts to get to the fresh fruit. They're very smart. They do that on purpose because they know that while you're struggling within yourself to make a healthy, good decision, you're going to pass all of the fritters and all of the scones and all of the delicious baked goods. And oftentimes, as I'm making my way to the apples, I come out with an apple donut instead. It's just the way that it happens, and they know that, and they design it that way for a reason. Sometimes the donuts win, and sometimes the oranges win, just depending on the day. But fruit is designed by God to be put into our bodies, and then as we go through our daily routines, the fruit wages war against all of the toxins that attack our bodies. God made fruit this way, and the reason that he did so is because there are qualities within his nature that are designed to fight for us. Just like natural fruit, when, when they are in you, they are designed to wage war against invading toxins that would try to poison your soul. So these qualities of the Lord will be in you. Look at your neighbor and say, they will be in you. And they will fight for you. The Bible calls them the fruit of the Spirit. Someone said the fruit of the Spirit. We read the scripture that says the works of the flesh are manifest. And then it gives a long list of vices that we're to steer clear of. Things that we should have nothing to do with. Things that would try to invade us and destroy us. They are contrary to God's very nature. And you should take time in your own personal prayer life and devotion time to read that list very carefully and make sure that those things are not operating in your spirit because they will destroy you and your walk with God. They are works of the flesh. And God tells us that we are to flee from them as fast as we can. And if there are works of the flesh that you read about and you discovered that you haven't developed a hatred for it, then you should check yourself and you should ask God to give you a hatred for those things and God will do that for you. Ask him to give you the same feelings towards the works of the flesh that he has within his holy nature. How many understand that we serve a holy and a righteous God? Because we understand the nature of God, that in him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That ought to change our perspective of how we should serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Maybe you struggle with that one particular work of the flesh that is especially difficult for you 
to defeat, you know the one I'm talking about. We all have them. We all have that one work of the flesh that constantly wars within our spirit. Some, for some of us, it's maybe two or three. But we ought to ask God to give us a hatred for those things. And can I promise you tonight as a man of God that if you cry out to him, he will hear you. And he will put inside of you a love for the things that you ought to love. And a hatred for the things that you ought to hate. You say, preacher, I shouldn't hate anything. Oh, yes, you should. The spirit of adultery ought to cause you to be sick to your stomach a spirit of pride ought to cause something inside of you to turn upside down and you should say no I'm running from the work of the flesh because I desire the fruit of the spirit being very literal when I say that you should pray someone said pray pray to hate that work of the flesh that you struggle to overcome that stumbling block that seems to trip you up time after time. Most people pray for the strength to overcome, but they keep right on craving to fulfill their sinful desires. But God, oh, I want somebody to catch this tonight, but God is big enough to literally take that desire from you. I said, see, some of y'all aren't getting that. God is able to take that lustful spirit out of your flesh. He can remove the stony heart of flesh. And he can put his spirit in you. The fruit of, the fruit of, the fruit of, the spirit. We don't see things the way that God sees things. We see the temporal. But God sees that hell is its portion. God sees that the end results of the works of the flesh is destruction. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, the Bible says, but the end thereof is death and destruction. Did you know that death is not the greatest consequence of sin? It's the destruction. See, this isn't popular pop theology tonight. The end result of sin, the final result that we ought to be afraid of, isn't death. It's the destruction that comes after death. As a preacher of the gospel, if I could get somebody to understand that hell is the portion of those that fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, ask God to give you a hatred for the works of the flesh. But this victory... Over the works of the flesh does not come about because of your personal willpower. It's not, well, preachers aren't self-help gurus. We're not Oprah or Dr. Phil. It's not mind over matter. It's not a five-point booklet that you can get. It's not a miracle pill. It's not a juice diet that you can go on that will change your life. It's not your personal discipline, although personal discipline is important. It comes about by the work of the Holy Ghost. You can you cannot overcome the works of the flesh with willpower. It is going to take the power of the resurrection. I preached about it this morning. It's going to take the resurrecting power of the gospel. And it happens in the presence of the Lord. You cannot have the resurrecting power of God without being in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is like a greenhouse. One theologian likened it to, to a greenhouse. When you get into the presence of the Lord, there is a saturating that happens. This 
is why we can spend time away from the presence of the Lord. And what we're doing is we are hindering the growth of the Spirit in our lives. Have you ever wondered why? Maybe you're sick. Maybe you don't have uh, some bad motive for missing church. Maybe you didn't lay out because you just wanted to. Have you ever noticed how you can just miss church because life happens? Or, or maybe your, your prayer life, life gets busy and, and, and your prayer life begins to suffer. Have you ever noticed the, spirit, the carnality that can slip into your life? You don't even know how or where it came from. It just happens because you have not been in the presence of the Lord and the fruit of the Spirit is wilting and dying because you have not cultivated the fruit of the Spirit. We're keeping God from being able to flow and saturate our lives. And so we then try to replace the work of the Spirit with our personalities. I see carnal people do this all the time. They, they, they try to come and, and they know they're carnal or maybe they don't know they're carnal. And, and the works of the flesh have been made manifest in their life. And rather than getting in the presence of God, rather than falling on their faces in an apostolic altar and crying out to God and humbling themselves until the fruit of the Spirit begins to grow strong, they try to overcompensate and replace the presence of God with personality. Charisma with willpower. And we try to replace the deep things of the spirit like love and joy with fake smiles and false handshakes and insincerity and tolerance. And this is what many people who claim to be serving God have done. They have replaced the profound, eternal, sustaining fruit of the spirit with fake plastic fruit that looks pretty and it looks nice and they wake up and they shine it up in the morning and they put it on display for everybody to see but I dare you to try to taste that fruit you're going to spit it out as fast as you can because it has no sustaining value it's not real it's not of God and it will not save and it will not change this world Mm. You need the real fruit of the Spirit because it has the nourishing qualities that you need. When you replace the genuine fruit of the Spirit with fake plastic fruit, it actually, not only is it not nourishing, not only is it not helpful to you, but it actually becomes harmful to you in the long run. When you try to overcome the flesh by remanufacturing the flesh, anybody still with me tonight? Then you have to set yourself up for tremendous failure. When, when you try to overcome the works of the flesh with greater works of the flesh, you will always stumble and fall every time. Let me help somebody wake up tonight because I need somebody to understand that you cannot do it on your own. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. You overcome adultery, for example, and fornication with love. The love of God will eliminate adultery and fornication out of your spirit. He will put his love. Oh, somebody needs to preach with this preacher tonight. There's some marriages right now. You don't even know it, but they're struggling. You know what you need to do, sir? Get the fruit of the spirit in your life. The perfect love of God will replace the spirit of adultery, lasciviousness, pornography. All of those things cannot be overcome by remanufacturing your flesh. It comes by the work of the Spirit. And God will give you the ability to be proper. Someone said proper. 
I know that's an old-fashioned idea, but did you know that we ought to strive to be proper in our relationships, even in the way that people view our relationships from the outside? You need to be aware of the optics of what's going on. You ought to run from the very appearance of evil just as fast as you can because you want the fruit of the Spirit to be alive and well in your life. Adultery is an act of betrayal. It's a Lucifer spirit. It's a Judas spirit. And it always brings more damage to the betrayer than to the person who is being betrayed. The joy. Someone said the joy. The joy of the Lord will overcome wrath. Peace has power over strife. Gentleness has power over seditions. Faith has power over heresy and false doctrine. Faith will enable you to see mountains moved out of your path. Faith will part the sea that has you trapped. Faith will sustain your heart when your eyes can't see. You cannot overcome. You cannot overcome the works of the flesh with better works of the flesh. Anybody here in this preacher tonight? Better works of the flesh are asking you to invest in their pyramid scheme. And they will take your money and run out of town just as fast as they can. Listen, faster than Bernie Madoff. Because they are in cahoots with your despicable works of the flesh. But the fruit, someone said the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, will fight for you. When you have the genuine fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Bible means when it says that he will fight your battles for you. When the fruit of the Spirit is alive and well in your life, there's going to be battles that you don't even have to show up. You can just say, God's got that. Lust tries to make, God's got that. <laughs> hey, someone comes and tries to steal your joy. Goliath begins to mock your faith. God's got this. I don't even have to fight that battle because the work of the Spirit is alive. And you can go through your daily routine with confidence that the Lord is fighting on your behalf. Now, how do I let the fruit of the Spirit grow in my life? Let's look at John 15 and 5. Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do Nothing. Growing up, we had something called sun tea. Anybody ever heard of sun tea? Sun tea. Boy, we need to bring some sun tea to family fun night. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Maybe put some Splenda in there, but other than that. Well, don't do that. Never mind. <laughs> it was basically ordinary sweet tea, but... We would brew the tea bags out in the hot sun. Anybody remember that? It was delicious. And something about the process of the, the hot sun and the tea and the fresh water and, and the, the naturalness of it all made that tea even more delicious and refreshing than regular old boring sweet tea. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But it was the sun that did all the work. When you expose yourself to the presence of the Lord, something begins to happen that you did not manipulate, 
but it happens by the power of the Lord. When you get in the presence of God, you can't take credit for the good fruit that comes from your life. You can say, but by the grace of God, had it not been for the blood of Jesus, but for the grace of God, but for the hand of mercy, I would not even be standing here today. You can't take credit for what the Son has done. You cannot take glory for what the Skito Shatala. Somebody needs to get this because there's too many Christians who are puffing themselves up with pride and arrogance, trying to take credit for what only the Son can do, if not for the grace of God. Mm. That's a hard lesson to actually live out because we want in our humanity to take credit for the good in our lives, do we not? That's human nature. And we like to think that we can do things through our own determination. That's the American way. And the idea of relinquishing control to God can be scary. And even if we want to turn things over to God, we sometimes aren't sure exactly how to go about it. The answer is to stop trying and ask the Lord to help you. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for wisdom of the Lord. And when you ask in faith, nothing wavering, the Lord will give it unto thee. I wish somebody would lift up your hands and claim that promise tonight. Stop trying to overcome your flesh with your flesh. Go ahead and ask God to do it for you. Ooh, God's going to ch- We're not going to run the aisles before it's over. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to change somebody tonight. And we don't have to hang from chandeliers to do it. God, 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 God is going to help somebody get the revelation that you can't do it with your flesh. It's going to take the power of God. The Lord can teach us how to surrender. He can put joy in us. He can put love in us. He can put peace in us. He can put faith. Did you know that God can increase your faith? Sometimes I think we have this false idea in Pentecost that we're, we're born with a certain amount of faith and, and we can only get to this level and some people have this much and some people have this much and you're just kind of born with it. Can I tell you, God can increase your faith. You may have a thimble thule right now, but if you'll trust God and allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow, suddenly you're going to begin to trust God for things that you never dreamed you could trust Him for. And as your faith increases, the work of the Spirit increases In your life. Praise God. We hide God's word in our heart because when we put his word in our heart, it's the equivalent of seed being planted in the ground. How many want the seed of God's word planted in our life? And when we enter into his presence and when we praise his name and worship him, that's the equivalent of letting the rain and the sunshine saturate the soil of our inner man and the fruit of the spirit will burst forth in our life. By the way, that's why you need to be a part of the church. That's why you need to show up to church every time the doors are open. That's why you need to be connected with the church. You need to be a part of the body. Because just reading the word's not enough. Just hearing the word. You need to get a part of the worship. You need to be a part of the total experience. That's how you enter into the presence. That's how the seed grows. That's how the fruit becomes powerful in your life. And when we think of fruit, we think of oranges and apples. We think of the sweeter, less complicated fruits. Did you know that an almond is a fruit? I didn't know that. I don't like almonds, so it's there again. It makes sense because I don't like fruit and I also don't like almonds. So it all comes together. We think it's a nut, but it's not. It's in the fruit family. Praise God. Like some people I know, we think they're nut. No, praise God. 
The almond is actually the very innermost part of a larger fruit, much like a plum. But the outer coating of an almond is very bitter. And so we discard that and we usually just eat the sweet inside part. And even that can be bitter. And, and can I just insert my own thinking here and disgusting at times. That's how many people use the fruit of the spirit. They only use the sweetest parts and discard the rest. And so they only get partial results. For example, almost everyone would agree that we should love one another. Can I get an amen? Everybody loves love. All you need is love, peace, love, understanding. Even the hippies agree that the world just needs a little more love. Love is the answer. It looks good on bumper stickers and t-shirts. Everybody loves joy. Someone said joy. Nod your head. Say, we need joy. Everybody loves peace. Nod your head. We need peace and gentleness. We can all agree we need some gentleness and goodness. Boy, boy, goodness sounds good. And faith, we love to hear some good preaching about faith. If I just got up here and preached about faith, we'd all be, we'd all have our jackets off, our ties around our head. We'd be running around the building. We love to hear about faith. Everybody wants more faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little faith and meekness. We can even get on board with meekness. We don't like it quite as much. But in the end, we understand that meekness is a pretty good thing. And we know that the meek shall inherit the earth. So, boy, let me get a little bit of that inheritance, buddy. I don't want to be a part of that now. I want my inheritance. Don't leave me out of the will, God. I want to be a part of that. Woo! Boy, we get excited about that fruit. That's good stuff. Oh, my. Temperance. That's everyone's New Year's resolution right now. Temperance, that'd be a good thing. And, and uh, we know that we need to have self-control. Right? Woo! Maybe we don't like it, but we know we need it, right? But there's an often forsaken fruit of the Spirit that no one ever wants to partake of. Because it's bitter to the taste. But it's just as important to have it as it is to have love and joy and peace. Long-suffering. Someone said long-suffering. Or suffering long. Mm. When you just flip the word around it, puts it in a whole new perspective, doesn't it? Suffering long. We might be okay if it was short-term suffering. Amen? Little bump in the road, Jesus, I'll be okay. But no, long suffering. Long suffering is the patient enduring of injury, trouble, or provocation. In other words, it's something that is not necessarily produced because of us. It's one thing when we do it to ourselves, isn't it? It's one thing when it's a mess that we know we got ourselves into. But sometimes life. suffering, provocation that we didn't ask for, we didn't do anything to cause it, we didn't ask for cancer, we didn't ask for brokenness, but long-suffering is that fruit of the Spirit that enables you to wait on the Lord. It's that quality of the Spirit that allows you to have your strength supernaturally renewed when you have no more strength of your own. It's that quality of the spirit that will carry you up on eagle's wings when you just can't take another step on your own. It's that quality of the spirit that will sustain you through tragedy while others who have not allowed the fruit of the spirit into their lives are giving up 
and giving out. Long-suffering will enable you to say things like, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, oftentimes preachers have to preach in the presence of their enemies. Can I tell you, you know what you've got to do? You've got to say, Lord, Lord, I will suffer long if you need me to. Do you see how the fruit of the Spirit will always take you back to the presence of the Lord? Whenever David was in the depths of despair, he always said, but Lord, thou preparest a way. David, a man after God's own heart, was obsessed with being in the presence of of the Lord. Long suffering isn't a word that many of us are very familiar with. In fact, most modern translations replace it with the word patience. And patience is a good word that refers to the capacity of being able to calmly endure even when there's no end in sight. Long suffering though is different. Long suffering refers to the ability. It goes beyond just patience. Long-suffering is the ability to endure when there is no answer on the horizon. Long-suffering is a dimension of the Spirit that empowers us to go through trials, challenges, and circumstances with no light at the end of the tunnel. I know I may not be preaching to everybody tonight, but I'm preaching right into somebody's spirit. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a moment because most of us depend on there being a light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes it's that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It's the only thing that keeps us going. It's the only thing that gets us through the night. And rather than relying on God, rather than trusting God, we're looking at that light at the end of the tunnel only to get there and find out it's a train light coming at us. Woo! Because you can't trust in the flesh to overcome the flesh. Sometimes the only thing that we can rely on is God. You see, for the child of God who is abounding in the fruit of the Spirit, he or she knows that we are not restricted or confined to anyone's tunnel. The tunnel is a trick of the enemy. It's a figment of our imaginations because we are walking in the light as he is in the light. Long-suffering, no end in sight. It's a place in the Holy Ghost where an individual says, Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm not depending on my circumstances changing. I'm not depending on a check to come in the mail. I'm not depending on somebody else helping me. I am relying completely on you. And you say, preacher, I can't imagine what that's like. That's right, because your flesh cannot produce it. Only the spirit can produce that kind of feeling in your heart. Long suffering is a total, complete dependence on God that will bring you through every valley that life drags you through. This is the peace that passes understanding. This is the joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is a supernatural endurance that will sustain you when you're too weary to keep running and it comes from the Lord himself. This is what Paul was referring to in Ephesians 2 and 6 when he said, He hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know that the Bible says that we have fellowship with Christ? Through suffering. Suffering has a purpose. 
Suffering teaches us and brings us into a closer relationship with God. How many want to be blessed tonight? How many want to be blessed tonight? There's nobody in this room that doesn't want to be blessed tonight. Did you know there are, there are some blessings that will only come through suffering? But Brother French, why do I have to suffer? Because there are some things that we can only learn through suffering. It's important to know the difference between necessary. Someone said necessary. Necessary suffering is just the stuff that you did. How many know there are consequences to our actions? That's not what I'm preaching about tonight. No, no, no. That's a different thing entirely. I'm preaching about long suffering that comes about out of no fault of your own. My grandma had this my whole childhood. It's still there. If you go there today, it's on her wall. The serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things that I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. As the musicians come. If you find that you're suffering through something that you cannot change. Immerse yourself in the presence of the Lord. If you find yourself walking through a valley that you don't understand. With no flashlight in hand. Immerse yourself in the presence of the Lord. If you find yourself with your enemies encamped all round about you, immerse yourself in the presence of the Lord. If you find yourself standing at a Red Sea and you don't know how you're going to cross, immerse yourself in the presence of the Lord. You see, our knee-jerk reaction is to run from the presence of God whenever we're hurting, whenever we don't understand. It's our knee-jerk reaction to grow bitter and run and say, God, if only you would have been there, my brother would not have died. But you know what you ought to do? Run to the feet of Jesus. Get in his presence. Stand with me all across the building. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Praise God. Praise God. I was telling somebody this morning, I, sometimes we desire things from God. and We think, if only I had this, Lord. If only I wasn't suffering financial difficulty. Am I the only one who's ever suffered financial difficulty? Sometimes we think, Lord, if I... If I just had $10 million, I could change the world. Anybody ever felt that way? I could make a pretty good case for it, Lord. Just give me a little time. I could make a good case. But when Peter and John went to the gate beautiful and the lame man there from his birth, I wonder what would have happened had they had silver and gold jingling in their pocket. There might not have been a miracle that day because they might have just taken it out of their pocket and said, here you go, and went on their way. Sometimes God will withhold the miraculous so that you can have the miraculous. Mm. Long-suffering. There they were, preachers of the gospel, fresh out of the upper room, 
didn't have two dimes to rub together. But the power of God was operating. I'm going to tell you something. The anointing is far more valuable than all the silver. The joy of the Lord is far more valuable than all the gold and silver. Peace is far more valuable than all the gold and silver in the world. Your faith is more valuable than your pocketbook tonight. Sometimes we suffer long so that God can use us in ways that we never dreamed possible. I know that I've preached a little long and maybe you've had to have a little long suffering to get through it tonight. But I I wonder, I know maybe I wasn't preaching to everybody, but I wonder if there's someone that could join me in this altar and say, Brother Ryan, I've been going through a trial and I, I don't know the way out, but I know where my help comes from. Could we just come together? Could we do that right now? Say, Lord, I want the fruit of the Spirit, God. If it means I have to suffer for a little while, Lord, I, I want the fruit of the Spirit. I, I know I need love. I know I need joy. I know I need peace. I know I need all of those things. But God, I want all of the fruit of the Spirit. I need long-suffering, Lord. Give me the ability, the supernatural ability to suffer long and still trust you. The supernatural ability to walk through the valley of the shadow and still serve you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. If it's appropriate, just reach over and love somebody. Pray with them right now. Gather them in. Find somebody. The good news about long-suffering is you don't have to do it by yourself. We're in this thing together. Come on. Pray with somebody right now. Pray with somebody right now. There's people going through things you don't even know anything about tonight. There's people who look like everything's great, but in their heart they're bleeding and broken. They're hurting on the inside. You ought to pray with your brother. Pray with your sister. You don't even know some of the heartbreak that people are suffering right now. Come on, prayer warrior. Come on, teach us how to pray, God. I'm going to pray my way through the valley. I'm going to worship my way through the valley. I'm going to worship my way through the valley. This storm isn't going to stop me. The waves aren't going to intimidate me, Lord. I'm not going to give up. I'm not giving up. This is the Lord, fruit of the Spirit. It's bitter to the taste. Lord, I, give I don't like the way it tastes, heart. God. I, I don't like having soul. to eat it, but Lord, I know it's good for me. I it's the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Alone. That's it. Every breath that I take, every moment I if you see somebody by themselves don't leave them there don't leave them there don't leave somebody praying by themselves bind together I give you my oh that's it that's it that's it I give you my soul nobody even knows the pain you feel right now you don't have to suffer alone you don't have to fight this battle alone every breath that I take that's it, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Oh, God's anointing somebody to pray right now. God's anointing some prayer warriors. I need some elders right now to reach over and pray with some young people. I need some elders to reach over and pray with some young people. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. 
I feel it on my heart and I can't run from it. Brian, I'm asking you to come stand in for Brother Lucas and the Lucas family. I'm burdened for them tonight. I need the elders. Bishop, would you help us pray? I'm Nikita, Michaela. 
I'm just, can I just be honest with you? I'm missing David tonight. <laughs> I'm missing David tonight. Nikita, Michaela, where are you? Come forward. Come to this altar. I, I need some people to gather with us. We need to pray that God would give them strength right now. Come on. Some of you gather in. Some of you men, come help me pray. We're going to anoint Brother Brian. He's standing in on behalf of Brother Lucas. If you need prayer, we have oil. Church, let's bind together. Let's pray for these. Lord, in the name. In the name of Jesus. We need your peace, God. We need your help, God. We need your strength, God. We need healing, Lord. We can't do this without you. We can't make it without you. I can't do this by myself, Jesus. I can't make it by myself, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I'm depending on you, God. I'm trusting in you completely. I'm out of options. I don't have any strength on my own, God. We're dependent on you. Let's just tarry. Let's just tarry. Let's tarry in prayer. We're in the presence. This is how the fruit of the Spirit grows. We've got to get in His presence. We've got to get in His presence. Come on, somebody enter in. Enter in. Enter in. There can be no miracle without His presence. There can be no favor without His presence. There can be no blessing without His presence. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's not quite done. God's not quite done. Just reach over and pray with somebody. Come on, don't be in a hurry and miss out on what God's doing. God's growing some fruit in someone's life. God's strengthening somebody right now. God's ministering to somebody right now. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. <laughs>